O God, bless us this day with understanding. As the Holy Scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, open our hearts and our minds to more with you, Lord. May Jesus Christ be our key for unlocking the mystery of faith and for opening the door to your kingdom by your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church. And let God's people say, Amen. Our Old Testament reading comes from Deuteronomy, chapter 14, verses 3 through 21. Don't eat any detestable thing. Here's a list of animals you are allowed to eat. Ox, sheep, goat, deer, gazelle, roebuck, wild goat, antelope, and mountain sheep. You are also allowed to eat any animal with a divided hoof, the hoof being divided into two parts, and that re-choose food among the various kinds of animals. However, here's a list of animals that either re-chew food or have hooves divided into two parts that you are not allowed to eat. The camel, the hare, and the rock badger. Because these re-chew food, but don't have divided hoofs, they are off-limits for you. And the pig, because it has a divided hoof but doesn't re-chew food, it's off-limits for you. You may not eat these animals' meat. You must not touch their carcasses. Here's a list of the water animals you are allowed to eat. You can eat anything that has fins and scales, but you aren't allowed to eat anything that lacks scales or fins. These are off-limits for you. You are allowed to eat any clean bird. Here's a list of those you are not allowed to eat. The eagle, the vulture, the osprey, the red kite, the black kite, and any kind of bird of prey. Any kind of raven, the ostrich, the nighthawk, the seagull, any kind of hawk, the small owl and the large owl, the water hen, the desert owl, the carrion vulture, the cormorant, the stork, any kind of heron, the hoopoe, and the bat. Also, all winged insects are off-limits for you. They are not to be eaten. Any clean-winged creature can be eaten, however. You must not eat any decayed animal flesh because you are a people holy to the Lord your God. You can give decayed animal flesh to the immigrants who live in your cities, and they can eat it, or you can sell it to foreigners. Don't cook a lamb in its own mother's milk. Our New Testament reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verses 14 through 23. Then Jesus called the crowd again and said, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. Nothing outside of a person can enter and contaminate a person in God's sight. Rather, the things that come out of a person contaminate the person. After leaving the crowd, he entered a house where his disciples asked him about that riddle. He said to them, Don't you understand it either? Don't you know that nothing from the outside that enters a person has the power to contaminate? That's because it doesn't enter into the heart, but into the stomach, and it goes out into the sewer. By saying this, Jesus declared that no food could contaminate a person in God's sight. It's what comes out of a person that contaminates someone in God's sight, he said. It's from the inside, from the human heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual sins, thefts, murders, adultery, greed, evil actions, deceit, unrestrained immorality, envy, insults, arrogance, and foolishness. All these evil things come from the inside and contaminate a person in God's sight. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we reach part three in our Lens of Christ series, 
we come to some rules that can be really difficult to try to understand because we get a very clear, concise list of things that we are not supposed to eat. That they will make us unclean, they will contaminate us, and we will have to be ritually purified before we can enter the congregation again. And then we have Jesus saying that there is nothing that you can eat that will contaminate you. Trying to bridge that gap is difficult. We could look at the different ways that the Old Testament rules may have played into safety, but those safety concerns wouldn't have been gone when Jesus says that they can eat. What we can understand, though, is how those rules would have saved the Israelites from the people they were around. And it's that separation that seems to be key. We get that in the last few statements in our Old Testament reading, that though some of these things are off-limits for the Israelites, you can let the immigrants among you eat, you can sell it to a foreigner, and that's fine. And it creates this wall. That suddenly on one side you have those who will not eat, and on the other side you have those that can, because they're the outsiders. When we look at what Jesus does throughout his ministry, it is to demolish those walls. This is another one of those instances. Now the dietary rules, interestingly, are not alone in the things that make us unclean. They're just one of the things that really stands out, because it's easy to say, well, I know what it says not to eat, and I know what it says to eat. And the question becomes, were those dietary rules meant to be a forever rule embedded in all that we are and that we follow them forever? We don't often ask ourselves that question about the Bible. Is that statement meant to last forever, or was that statement meant for the people it was written for and gives us an understanding of them? But does that rule still apply to us today? Now the hard part about that is figuring out how these rules apply and why they would matter or no longer matter. And for that, we turn to Christ. Jesus tells us that nothing from outside the body can contaminate us because it's what comes from our heart, our own thoughts, our own deeds. Which is a good thing. Because I know I have been to plenty of church dinners where there has been ham and there has been bacon and I'm pretty sure at this point we would all be unclean. But I start thinking about the other things that are unclean and how often we would say, well, I would never think about that as being unclean. And one that has always stood out to me is a woman who has just given birth. That she is now ritually unclean. Now I would dare any of you to go find a woman who has just given birth and go tell her that she is now unclean. Luckily, you will already be in a hospital, so there will be people to help deal with the aftermath. But when we think about all those things that the Bible says, this will make you unclean or that will make you unclean, if you don't ritually wash your hands before eating, then your food is unclean. But we see the disciples ignore that rule. 
because they realize there's nothing they can put into their body that would make them unclean. It's not about giving birth. It's not about having a menstrual cycle. It's not about what you eat. And it's not about what you wear. Because I know that right now I am wearing a detestable thing. Because I know my clothes are of mixed fabric. Mixed fabric is banned. It's detestable. You should never wear it. And I'm guessing most of us here are probably wearing more than one type of fabric. See, the thing is, is that we often don't think about all of these little rules because when Christ spells it out for us, he says, look, it's not the clothes that you wear. It's not how you dress. It's not how you wear your hair. It's not if you have natural bodily functions. It's not even if you have a disease because skin disease has made you unclean and yet Jesus was willing to touch the lepers an act that would make him unclean. Isn't that a funny thought to think about? An unclean Christ. That Christ would have to be ritually purified for him to be acceptable. It's that paradox that makes us have to question, then what's the purpose of those rules? Well, we easily see that the early Israelites were trying to separate themselves from the tribes around them. They wanted to do things differently, and so they had rules set out that they were to follow to make them separate. This old covenant became a problem almost immediately. And we talked about this last week, that the Israelites seem to be able to break a covenant as fast as they make it. That they make it, and it's gone. And they try to remake it, and it's gone again. And they try to follow the rules, and they break them again. And we quickly see that the Israelites are just bad at keeping these promises because they're human. Because they stumble. Because they fall. We see in the way that the Pharisees talk about cleanliness that they started to use it as a way to push people out. They wanted to put up walls and say, oh, well, you're not following all the rules, then you're an outsider and you don't belong. Because you're not as good as us. Their hearts were impure because their thoughts were simply, we want to be better than everybody else. So we're going to wield these laws to make sure that everyone knows that we are number one. And it's like taking a box and putting mud in it sealing it shut, and then scrubbing the outside of that box until it shines. You may have purified the outside of that box, but it's still a box of mud. That's what happens when we think that we can purify ourselves by deciding that if we eat clean foods, that we will be clean. That if we wear clean fabrics, then we will be clean. If we push away the people that are unclean, then we will keep ourselves holy. The mud is still on the inside of the box. Christ doesn't come to set up more barriers. Every time that Christ talks to somebody from outside of the Israelites, He offers them salvation, the same that He offers the Israelites. 
He offers a way forward for them. He sees that instead of being something to help each other, food has become a stumbling block. You have those who refuse to eat and those who do eat and they don't mix at all. We see Paul reject the dietary laws and says that there's nothing that we could eat that would make us unclean. We see Peter struggle with this until he's given a vision that he should eat unclean animals. Which means that Peter was still struggling with this command even after Christ's death. But they're told to do it because there are people they need to reach. Because there are people who need their hearts cleaned. And the question then becomes, if what we eat doesn't do it, and what we wear doesn't do it, if pushing others us doesn't do it, if trying to become master over our environment doesn't do it, then what will wash us clean? Every time that Christ tears down another one of these walls, he puts up a door and says, Love. You want to reach these people? Love them. You want to share the greatest gift you can with them? There's the one thing we have that washes us clean from top to bottom, inside and out, and that's the blood of Christ. His sacrifice for us cleanses us inside and out because He forgives all that we do inside and out. And it gives us a starting point that if Christ can wash us clean, then surely we can keep our hearts clean through Him. But if we can, so can others. If Christ can wash my heart clean, then surely He can wash the heart clean of anybody. He can wash it clean for the Gentiles who have never followed the dietary laws. He can wash it clean for the woman who has given birth that she is no longer unclean. He can wash the heart clean of the man with a skin disease and we realize that it's not the outside of his body we should be worried about. It is the inside of his heart. It is thoughts and it is his love that we should be concerned with. Making sure that he is cared for. Christ asks us to tear down those divisions because the law failed us because we couldn't uphold it. The Old Testament law isn't going to help us if all it does is cause us to berate each other and set up ways to make others fail. Deciding what other people should eat and what they shouldn't eat isn't going to help anyone. As a matter of fact, we don't even have a complete list of the things that we're not supposed to eat. Because over time, we've lost track of some of the things that are on that list. We don't know what some of the birds are. We have to guess as to exactly which creatures there are, and even the descriptions sometimes defy our understanding of animals now. We can't always take rules for a specific people at a specific time and decide that they are God's forever rules when God's forever rule has been from the start love. 
God made the world and it was good. He made all the creatures in it and they were good. And he made mankind in his image and it was very good. We don't like to think about rules not lasting forever. Because it makes it difficult because it means that we have to stop and think about how maybe it's not the rules that are important, but it's our actions. Maybe it's not our ability to follow the rules that matters as much as how we care for one another. Because when Christ says that the most important thing we can do is love God and love our neighbor as ourselves, even if there are no rules, if we do those two things, all the rules that matter will be followed without ever having them written down. Because if we love God, then we're going to do our best to be the best people we can. And if we love each other as we love ourselves, we are going to treat each other in the best we can. Jesus didn't say, throw the rules away, because he wanted us to be able to read them and understand. He wanted us to understand the broken covenant the Israelites had. He wanted us to understand where people had been and why it didn't work, so that we could see God's new plan. That God's love never stopped. God's mercy never stopped. He just needed to find a new way to reach us, and that was through Christ. I may be eating detestable things, and I may be wearing detestable clothes and reaching out to help unclean people. But I know that it's okay. Because I know that when I let Christ into my heart to wash it clean, if He can clean away the worst thoughts I have of myself, if He can wash away my doubts and my fears, then nothing I put on my body or in my body can ever change His love for me or His love for you. Contamination is not something that happens here. It's something that happens within. And it's fixed from within. By letting ourselves be washed in that loving blood. Knowing that the sacrifice was made so that we could live and live life abundantly. That we could be saved from ourselves. Because that's how much God loves us. That He would do whatever it took to let us be clean in His eyes so that we can help each other, not hurt each other. And instead of coming to condemn a contaminated world, we come to save it by washing it clean. Amen.